0: AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos.
1: Thank you, and welcome once again to the Church of the Week program. I am your host. My name is Marcus Burgos, right here on KSLR AM 630 The Word. You know, every time I come on the air I try to have a, a word, a, a an encouraging word, and we're reading in our in our daily walk Bible. We're reading and now we're in the book of Luke. And uh just yesterday we were reading a couple of chapters and one of the chapters was Luke chapter eight, and so many things happen in yesterday's reading from six to nine, chapter six to chapter nine of the book of Luke. So many things happen uh in, in the life of Jesus that Luke uh, is writing and so but one of the things that caught my attention because in that reading he fed the five thousand in that reading uh the the woman with the issue of blood in that mean, in that reading so many things happened, but one thing that really stuck out to me was the the man that was demon possessed and and sure enough that that whole story uh develops, and then the man says and the bible the Bible goes on to say that he begged Jesus. He begged Jesus, "Can I follow you? Can I continue with you?" And and I, I was I have always been surprised that Jesus says no, hmm. you know. And most most times, uh, and at at the beginning of of the book of Luke and of the Gospels, you see Jesus looking for followers and telling men, "Follow me, follow me." And this guy wants to follow Jesus, and Jesus says no, hmm. and and that has always uh, intrigued me. But then when you read the verse. Uh, that that verse, you get, you begin to see an idea of why he says no. He says no. Jesus says, "Don't follow me, but go to your house." He says, "Go to your family and tell them everything that the Lord has done in mm-hmm. your life." Mm-hmm. And and this is Luke chapter eight and verse thirty nine. He says, "No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you." So he went all through the town proclaiming the great news Jesus had done for him. And what a great testimony. I feel like there was a portion of uh, a part of of the ministry of Jesus at the beginning when he's looking for followers and he's going to convert those followers into disciples, but here in this place in in Luke he's saying I don't want you to follow me. I want you to go. I want to send you. And I want to send you to to be a witness of what I have done in your life be a be a, a a messenger of what God has done in your life and I think that is good for all of us today. I don't think I don't think God is looking anymore for just followers, people that'll that will follow him for the for the for the fish and the loaves or for the miracle or for whatever we can get out of him. But I think God is looking for those that would go. Matthew 28:19 says go ye uh, and into all the world and we we know that passage but I, and I want to encourage you and I think this passage today is a perfect introduction for my guest uh, today he is he is known throughout the world for his for his going and for his teaching and so uh, I'm here with uh, Sammy tippett of Sammy tippett Ministries uh, right here he's from San Antonio he's in San Antonio and so I want to welcome you Sam thank you so much for being with us today
0: oh it's such a blessing to be with you and and just that word right there was great for me to hear. So it's it's a blessing to be here and to be able to share with my fellow San Antonians uh, what the great things that God is doing and how great he is. So yes. it's a blessing.
1: Amen. Uh- and so you you have a particular office that you do where I'm not talking to a a, a minister that is pastoring a church, but you are ministering and, and reaching many around the globe.
0: Am I right? That's right. I, uh, our ministry is international. I preached in more than 80 countries wow. around the world. I preached in the world's largest stadium and, and some of the largest stadiums around the world. Uh, Preach the gospel. I've, I've been arrested three times for Amen. preaching the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, my, my testimony is a little different from some evangelists you hear. You know, a lot of times an evangelist has wonderful testimony. I was a drug addict. I was in prison. My life was a mess, and then I met Jesus, and and everything's wonderful now. Well, mine goes almost the opposite way. <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to study in some of the great universities in America, had a wonderful future ahead of me, and then I met Jesus, and I've been arrested three times <laughs> since then. All all for the gospel's sake and, uh, and all, but its uh, it's been quite an adventure. I, I told my wife, I said, when we got married, I said, I can't promise you that we'll ever be rich, but I promise you that life won't be boring. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: People don't understand uh, a relationship with God. When they say that is boring, I can't do things. I don't go to church because every, everything is no. I can't do this and I can't do that. They don't understand what it means to have a relationship and to follow the Lord.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jesus said, "I've come to give you life and to yes. give it to you more abundantly." And uh, in fact, in my my time alone with the Lord this morning, I was thinking, Lord, if you if you give me more. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle it. It's a, life is so full and rich right now, so it, you know God is just good and uh, just love Him, and uh, and he, He's been good to me.
1: Before we get too ahead of ourselves, I want to introduce uh, the listeners to you because you you are in San Antonio. Your offices are here in San Antonio. Uh, but not too many people may know of you here locally, stateside. Uh, so let's begin at the beginning. Um, are you a PK? Are you? Were you born a Christian? Uh, <laughs> how, what is your testimony?
0: I grew up in a secular home uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. All right, and uh, uh, I was born there, raised there, and uh, when I was a, you know, was in sports, did good, then went to academics and did well there, and um, I. My junior year of high school, I was awarded as one of 30 students to study at the United Nations in New York City. And, you know, I could see – now I look back and I see God's hand, you know, because he was going to send me to the nations of the world. And before he did, he sent me to the United Nations. And I studied there, and I entered an international oratorical contest, and I was awarded Most Outstanding Youth Speaker in North America. Well, I traveled around the United States and Canada speaking about peace in the world, but there was a problem. I didn't have any peace in my heart. Mm -hmm. And so I was empty. Uh, I graduated from high school, went on, to LSU on two scholarships, academic scholarships, and uh, was going to frat parties and getting drunk, and my life was empty. In, in fact, I had this bright future, and I, I found myself contemplating suicide. Wow. And I had a girlfriend whose father, mean, uh, she was active in church, and uh, her father said if I wanted to see her that I had to go to church. Well, I didn't want to go to church, but I did want to see her. <laughs> so I, I, I went to church that night. And I heard a man speak about Jesus. And, boy, God just pierced my heart. The Spirit of God just grabbed me. And that night I prayed, opened my heart to Jesus, and and, and put my faith in him and became a follower of Jesus. And um, my life changed. In fact, some of my friends said, I'll give you two weeks, and you'll be back to the same old thing. Well, it's been 50 six years now. Wow. And I love him today more than I've ever loved him. So God has just been so good to me. So that's, that's when I came to know Christ. And that very night that I came to Christ, I went to the young man who was preaching. His name was James Robinson. Many people may know him, a great evangelist, one of the greatest evangelistic preachers I've ever heard. But James was a young man that time. He was just starting his ministry. And I went to him and I, and I didn't know how to explain it, but I knew I had gifts of speaking. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I, I feel like maybe somehow I, I I should be doing this for Jesus. You know, I didn't know how to express it because I was not from a church background. You didn't have the vocabulary. Right, right. And uh, he, he said, well, he said, let me tell you what Jesus did for you. Mm-hmm. He gave everything. He was the king of glory. He left all of his splendor in heaven. He came and gave everything for you. You ought to be willing to give everything to him. And go wherever he says go and do whatever he says do and, and say whatever he says say. And two nights later, I surrendered my life to the ministry. Mm. And um, uh, my first evangelistic event was in a nightclub. <laughs> I went to a, we, uh, I had a group. It, was a, it wasn't a converted nightclub. No, no it was a still it, right, it was nightclub. A, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I had some friends that came to Christ. So there were four of us. And we started meeting. Baton Rouge is the capital of, of Louisiana. And we started meeting at the Capitol building right next to it. There's a lake, and we would go there, and we'd spend time early in the morning seeking God, praying, and our hearts were aflame for Jesus. And one of the friends said, Sammy, I, I think uh, we need to go across the river and preach. And when he said that, I knew what he was saying because Baton Rouge sits on the uh, east side of the Mississippi River, and on the other side is where all the nightclubs and strip joints and so forth were. And I said, I don't think so. <laughs> he said, "He said, I, I believe God wants us to go, and I won't go into the story, but just to say that we went. Yeah. Uh, preached and uh had people come to Christ amen, and uh we, we led them to Christ right there and, and so the Lord, you know, uh started my ministry with a couple of things. One, prayer yeah. and seeking God became you know, that no one told me that how important that was. It was just it happened. My my friends and I, we just said, Let's start meeting and praying together. And no one told us to do that. And so we, you know, at that time I didn't even have a Bible. I had a little New Testament, and and I and we started memorizing Scripture and doing things that every Christian ought to do, but no one told us to do it. It was just the Spirit of God just yes. led us to do that, and and begin to really grow, and then you know begin to share our faith in Jesus with others, and and it, it was it was what I call the natural thing, and it was a, uh, I think the nat supernatural natural way of of. The birthing process and the growing process in the Christian life, and so um, we 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 you know I did that. I met my wife a couple of years later. Uh, we we got married, um, and then um, we were Monroe, Louisiana, mm-hmm. and I preached in a little church, twenty five people, and and God came down. This was nineteen seventy. Then sixty five was when I came to Christ. Nineteen seventy February. Uh, the Spirit of God came down on that little church, the Calvary Baptist Church in Monroe, Louisiana, yeah. and and we experienced revival. That, we had twenty five people the first night. Uh, we started on Wednesday, went through Sunday. By the time Sunday came, there wasn't room in the church for the people. Wow! And we moved out of that into the university campus. Outgrew that. Moved into another building. Outgrew that. And the uh, the in fact the head of the one of the leading television stations there. Uh, called the Mayor and told the Mayor he needed to donate the Civic Center to us. We ended up in the Civic Center with thousands of people Wow, and so I, I experienced revival what you know I tasted revival, and I saw that evangelism is best done in the context of revival and uh, and we saw thousands come to christ and and that launched us my, when I say us my wife and I into a ministry. actually, our ministry was first called god 's love in action. Mm. And it was up until around 1999, 2000 when the Internet came. Yeah. And so we had two identities, God's Love in Action and Sammy Tippett Ministries, or Sammy Tippett. And the people overseas knew Sammy Tippett. The people in the States knew God's Love in Action who supported right. us. So we decided to uh, merge and form uh, Sammy Tippett Ministries, and that's what it's known as today. And God has led us. I, You know, I've experienced four major what I would call national revivals in these 50 years. Really? And uh, I'm convinced that the great need of this moment mm-hmm. is revival. Yes, And I'm not talking about revival where we have better political activities or uh, bigger churches. I'm talking about a revival that comes and changes the hearts and lives of people. Well,
1: let me, let me ask you. I, I just wrote this down, uh, and, and you're saying it right on time. Uh, how do you define Revival. I think church folk uh, in, some, in some corners would define it as a great service uh, with great music and it went an hour longer than it usually does. Yeah. Uh, but how, how do you
0: define revival? Yeah, and most people think of revival as a meeting. Right, (laughs) right. Hey, we're going to have revival. Yeah, we schedule it. (laughs) Yeah, next week is revival. Yeah, Yeah. and you don't schedule revival. Revival is the presence of God among the people of God. The manifest presence of God among the people of God. So, what I would say is revival, and I take this from uh, 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 it's not original with me, but Martin Lloyd Jones Mm -hmm. gave this definition, and I like it best. He says revival is when God is known as God. So, personal revival is when I'm growing in the knowledge of God, when God's working in me and I'm, 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 I'm getting to know Him. I'm excited about Him. Revival in the church is when God visits that church and makes Himself known to that church. Yes. It's not just business as usual. It's the presence of God among the people of God. Revival in a nation is when God comes and, and visits a nation and everything changes in that nation. And that's what I mean by four times having experienced national revival. I'm talking about where we're nations, entire populations yes. within a nation were transformed. Right now, at this moment, uh, most people don't know this, but probably the greatest revival taking place is taking place in Iran. Mm. Uh, it's an, an absolutely remarkable what God is doing. And I've been involved with the Iranians in a place – You have a direct
1: connection into right,
0: them. Right, right, right. Yeah. And where – in fact, I just preached among Iranians just last week, but uh, – God is moving in such a way when I first went to Iran the first time was uh, oh um, it was in 1998 I believe it was that I went went there to do one thing and that was pray. There were only a small group of believers um, a few brick and mortar churches mm-hmm. uh, the assembly of God was the biggest one in, in Tehran there were some brethren and some Presbyterian churches, very very small and Christian leaders had been killed right in in the country. We went there and prayed. God moved in a mighty way. Today, thousands upon thousands of people every month are coming to Jesus Amen. Christ in Iran. And and so a whole generation it's been amazing to see. I mean, there's uh, there's house churches, there are churches that that nobody even knows about uh, you know in Iran. And God, you know people ask me, they say well, how is this happening? It's a lot of it through media, just like this, radio, television. is taking place, but but God is just revealing Himself. There are people, and I could, I could, and I can't do it publicly, but right. I could tell you people who uh, who are leaders in Iran who came to know Christ because Jesus appeared to them in a dream or in a vision, and 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 they saw Him and His hands and His feet, and, and and became believers. They were devout Muslims and came to know Christ. You know, I had a friend ask me, "What denomination is that?" <laughs> it's not a denomination. It's a, it, it's God among His people. So, um, what you know, and there are other places where where this is taking place that I'm seeing, and and so I, I just my the longing of my heart for America yeah. is to see see that kind of revival take place. I was my my life was birthed, Christian life was birthed in the days of the G- Jesus movement. Right. And so that was a national awakening where where young people turned, and and a whole generation of leaders today came out of that.
1: So, so. let me let me try to put some things together in this because you went there, uh, talking about uh, Iran. Iran. You went there to pray, right? Uh, the first time, and and today uh, it is the what what how you're defining is where revival is. Yeah. And so it begins with prayer, and and we the church should not, would you say, should not ignore prayer or just put prayer in a corner or just thank God for our food? You know, how would you encourage the church today listening to pray?
0: Well, prayer has got to be the priority. Historically and biblically, every great awakening has been preceded by a great prayer movement. Mm -hmm. And so we must pray. We must make prayer a priority, first of all, in the individual, uh, and we have a lot of prayer meetings and things, and I am a big proponent of that, and I'll talk about that in a second. But it begins with the individual. Uh, God is looking on the secret place of our heart, and he's He's wanting us to, to join him. Jesus said, go into your private closet, yes. close the door, and, and meet with him. So begin to seek him uh, above all things first. A, a part of your day. Start off with God. Meet with Him. I think one of the problems we have in America we've gotten so busy that we've scheduled God out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm talking about Christians. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have done this. And you know, we we complain about what we see in the world. We've got to get back to where God is first. Pastors need to do it. And, and I'll say this, and I'm very strong on discipleship. I believe it's the container for revival. But pastors, I would say to you, if you are not a man of prayer or a woman of prayer, you're not a person who's seeking God, then I can tell you right now, your people won't be. Mm-hmm. In other words, prayer is imparted more than it is taught. Right. We teach it, yes, but but if it's not a part of our lives, it must be a real part of our lives. So that's that's got to be the number one thing. And by the way, if, if you don't mind me sharing this, we have in our website, if you go to our website, it's not a, you're not going to find a lot about me or our ministry. You're going to find a lot about how to walk with God. Mm. And we have a, a daily discipleship devotion, and we have four levels or four phases of this. And the first phase is prayer. And so we have uh, in that one whole section that's 91 uh, daily devotions, and, and these devotions go for the whole year, 91 devotions, text, scripture, and video, yeah, all about prayer. Where
1: where do we find that?
0: That's at sammytippet S a m m y Tippet is t i p p i t dot o r g. And by the way, for our Hispanic uh, listeners, we have Spanish dot com has the same identical stuff. I mean, exactly the same thing in there. And not just that, by the way, it has a lots more. And we have also an app that you can download. At it's Sammy Tippett Discipleship from the App Store or, for Spanish, Sammy Tippett Spanish mm-hmm. at the App Store, either Apple or uh, – and, and both of them, by the way, the app, the one difference in the app and the, uh, and the website is in the app we have a library, and we actually have books from some of the great men and women of God of old who have written on prayer mm. and written on revival, and they're free. Yeah. Everything's free in it. The app is free. And we have also uh, articles by I'm, – I'm talking about like John Bunyan. I'm talking about uh, people like Charles Spurgeon yes, and, yeah. and and Wesley and, and people like that who God used mightily. All of that's free, and it's in the library, plus a ton of other stuff there. But, but prayer and, – and the reason we've done that is because I, I believe we need to get into this generation, into the hands of this generation – the importance and the priority of prayer before anything else, and it's not the only thing, but it is the first thing right. that that must be uh, on on the order of business. So the way the way I see it,
1: uh, revival comes, uh, prayer comes first. Right, revival would would follow that if you're you're praying for that, and then there would be the 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 conversions, if you will. Uh, then souls start being
0: converted to the Lord. That's exactly what you see in the book of Acts. Exactly. And that's also what you see in historical revivals mm-hmm. uh, throughout the history of the church. And, uh, and And let me just say why prayer and revival maybe are, are so closely linked. Prayer is the communication piece of a love relationship with God. Yes. So that's what prayer is. So when you, de- if you are got to get to know God, you've got to communicate with him. Not just that. You've got to let him communicate with you. So, So prayer is that communication piece. As you begin to communicate, what happens is there's revival that takes place then as you are revived what happens you begin to think and and pray and act upon what's on God's heart exactly when he and what's on his heart souls that's it god <laughs> loves people for yes. god so loved the world so you begin to have a burden so that's why that that you're exactly right and but that's why it is is prayer you know gets us into that intimacy with god Then that's when revival takes place in our lives. And then as revival takes place, we want what he wants, and he wants people to know him. How would you
1: encourage a church, a pastor? uh, We're we're coming out of a COVID year. Many of us could not meet, and some churches did not survive. And uh, some that have survived are are meeting with a lot less people. Uh, How could you encourage, how would you encourage a pastor to get into this, to seek God's presence and to not quit? Because there's, there's still so many lost in just in San Antonio that will fill so many churches over and over again.
0: As Zachariah says, do not despise the day of small things. Yes. So I believe in small groups. And in the small group, my, what I did, I was a pastor at one point in time in my ministry. I, I said, if there are any men who want to learn to walk with God, I'll meet with you. Hmm. Any women want to learn to walk with God, my wife will meet with you. And we took a small group of men and women and started meeting with them and teaching them to pray, praying with them and teaching them how to pray. And out of that grew evangelism. And then our church just began to explode in growth. And then I said, okay, we need to, I need to teach these men and women how to disciple those that they're bringing to Christ. And we did that, and our church multiplied, and we saw spiritual multiplication. And I, I'm not just trying to push something, but I want to say that that's how I built this website, Based on what I did as a pastor right. and with small groups, and we've even gotten – it's not me, another pastor who is uh, just a godly man who's done this, practiced this much in his church. But to teach people how to form a small group, pastors, how to form a small group, and how to train leaders of those small groups, because that's the key. Because the leader must be that person of prayer, as I said. That's right. its It's got to – if the leader doesn't have that passion, then the people won't. So, so I, I would encourage you, check out the small group area on our on our website, or it's in the app as well. Check that, both of those out, and uh, and that would help you. I think one of the things that happened was the pandemic hit, and people were scattered, and we didn't know what to do. Exactly. But if they were in small groups, the Brazilians, and I, I know we're at our time here, but the Brazilians mm-hmm. uh, that I work with, have, there's a multiplying church movement down there that's just exploding, and the pandemic didn't slow it down because they were able even digitally to meet online in their small groups and continue through the pandemic right. uh, doing what they were doing. So I, I would just encourage you to do that, and, um, and, and I think if we will refocus, restart, reset, and, and, and have a focus on small groups – Starting them off with teaching them to pray and seek the face of God, walk with God, that we can turn this whole thing around. Amen.
1: So when you pray and you seek God's face, He will bring revival to you. And when He brings revival to you, you will not—you can't help but be a witness to the nations. Yeah, that's right. Sammy Tippett Ministries. And you can find it and connect with Sammy Tippett at sammytippett dot uh, Lay leader, pastor, you're listening to me today. I want you to go there and and let's let's start this fire and let's spread this fire throughout San Antonio, Bear County, and all of South Texas because we need the Lord. Thank you, thank you, Sammy. Thank you so much for being with us here today.
0: It's a blessing to be with you. And and let me just say, Sammy Spanish dot but we also have 13 languages with this. Ah. So if you speak another language, someone who is here with another language group, check it out. Sammy Tippett Persian, Sammy Tippett Russian, Sammy Tippett Romanian, uh, Sammy Tippett Arabics. <laughs> you know, so Sammy oh, yeah. Tippett Hindi. So you just check it out and see. Because, Chinese. Because
1: uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> the gospel has no limits. That's right. Praise That's the Lord. Right. We're going to be praying for you, Sammy. Uh, thank you, San Antonio, for listening and being part of Church of the Week.